The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Florida 2023 did not just begin with these um, playoff uh, really progressions of both the Heat and the Florida Panthers. Joey Marino. You heard the last name before? Yeah, he's a champion. In South Florida 2023, he's the head coach of their golf team. You golf? Hmm? You golf? No, but I judge it. <laughs> that was good. That was terrible. You know, one of those things. My God. I love Mike McDaniel. I could listen to him all day. <laughs> oh, it was good. He just, I mean, I, I love it when it's a combination of somebody who is naturally very quirky and doesn't try to be anything other than who he is. The message is always be who you are. And sometimes you are somebody who is just naturally quirky and funny. Now, I don't know when I get sick of it after a while, it's like, Hey, we can, we can, we can, you know, stop the quirkiness for a little while. Let's just be normal for a little while. But there is just something so refreshing because he's so different than what we normally see. And he doesn't try to be buttoned up. He just is who he is. And again, I like it when people are who they are. That's right. That's 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 what translates. It's in a locker room. It's usually what translates at any place where the boss be successful. Who you know, be true to who you are. People are going to see through it, right? The players are going to see through it. If you're BSing too much, you can't keep track of all your BS. People are going to start to see it. You know, I've been around situations like that. You know that we've discussed it. You know, you start BSing everybody, everybody starts to see it and they go, wait, you just said the opposite thing to the guy over there and now you're saying it to me. And that, that ain't going to work. So he owns it. He knows he's a cool nerd. That's what he is. And it works. And he's smart as hell and he knows how to sell his plays and his playbook. And it shows on the football field and that players can get behind that. Although I will say this. Now, this is going to take a little bit of a turn, but... <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we <laughs> and go. And I'm thinking through the right way to put it. I mean, authenticity is great as long as the personality is, you know, 
a pleasant one. If you're being yourself and you happen to be a jerk, that could be a problem. There, there may be occasions where if you're a jerk, you want to rein it in a little bit. And it reminds me of a joke from a comedian who was prominent in the 80s who cannot be named currently talking about cocaine and people telling him what's great about cocaine. And they said to him, it accentuates your personality. And his response was, what if you're an asshole? So that's that's where the authenticity you may want to reel it in a little bit. If you are that sort of a person, maybe you should try to be somebody other than who you are. Well, you better win some games, right? That that's where that comes. Like you can get behi- that's true. You can get behind that's true. the asshole. You can get behind him if you start to see like, wait, there's some genius here, right? And 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 I'll say that like with Bill Parcells, I, I think he had a little bit of that. Right, we know oh, he had some charisma. He had a lot of, too. Bit of that. He had a lot of that, but he was so had so much of that that it almost became like, "What's this crazy mean mofo going to say next to the team?" You know, I think there's a little bit of that. You know, and Tom Coughlin, I think, had the same way. And of course, there was almost a revolt there until they started winning some football games. But you know, Bill yeah. Belichick never would have lasted in New England. No, he never would have made if they didn't turn it yeah. around when they did. He he had. Three years there max. No, Rick's exactly right. So you got to you can be a jerk, but yeah, to your point, you got to you got to win some games, and people got to start see see the the reasoning behind the jerk all the time, and then that usually makes it a little bit better. Speaking of Bill Belichick, he may want to make a copyright infringement right? claim against whoever Seriously. it is in Tampa Bay that has the No Days Off podcast. That is. Or no off days. Oh, no oh they got you. They I'm switched sorry, the days. No days off. Look at them putting uh-huh. those lawyer that's tricks right around there. <laughs> don't, have to, don't have to worry about Belichick showing up saying, that's my line, Tampa Bay TV station. Anyway, Dave Canales, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, was on there recently talking about the quarterback competition that is underway and that apparently will last throughout training camp between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Here's Canales from the No Off Days podcast. Why is it so important for you to have a real competition, a true competition at quarterback? I think it's partly just respecting the team, respecting what's best for everyone. Um, And then also respecting Kyle's process, you know, comes in as a second round pick with high hopes. And um, obviously what a great thing, you know, he's, he's, you know, Tom Brady has been here, so he's been able to learn from him. But at the same time, he's worked really hard to try to have an opportunity to show what he can do. Um, and on the flip side, too, I think Baker's, you know, would he love to just be named the starter? I'm sure. But Baker also knows, you know, this is this is his road back too. you know, and he's um, from Cleveland to Carolina, L.A. You know, he's been told no a couple of times. And so for him to be able to come out here to um, to win the team over in his own right to perform and to show them that he can be the, the caliber quarterback that he believes he can be. I think I owe it to both of them. Um, and the team to put the best guy out there. Interesting stuff, Canales said. Before we get to that, though, I assume that was from his office somewhere. Yeah, right. That that clock on the wall with the seconds ticking away, that thing would not make it more than five minutes if it was in my field of vision. Do you really want a clock that is that is there in red LED ticking the seconds away of the day of your life. Do you really want to see that? I sure as hell don't. I'd rip that thing off the wall and throw it as far as I could, which would be maybe 20 feet. I, I, don't, I don't know. What? You don't, you don't like to see the ticket? It would the, annoy the, the hell out of me. Seconds tick away? It would well, annoy the hell out of me. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's for me, when I'm in a workplace, I kind of like stuff like that. It kind of makes you, you know, on time. I always know exactly what's going on. I got one of these big damn clocks sitting right in front of me right now. So I, I can handle it there. If it was at home, it would drive me well, crazy. Work, I can handle it. The purpose of the clock in the studio is to make you aware of, you know, when the show ends and when we have to shut up and when our breaks are. There's a reason for it in a TV studio. I don't see a reason for it on the wall in your office other than to make you anxious. So anyway, he's got enough reason to be anxious. He's trying to preside over this quarterback competition. And Chris, this reminded me of a couple of things I've learned from you. It's different layers of football politics. On one hand, on one hand, we put a second round pick into Kyle Trask. We got to put him in this competition. It's got to be real. We can't just pull the plug on this guy we used a second round pick on, or we look like idiots for using a second round pick on Kyle Trask. And then on the other side of it, we can't just let Baker Mayfield waltz through the door and create this impression. He's having something handed him. He's been this kid who seems entitled his whole career. We can't just hand him the job. So we got this phony competition that presumably Mayfield is going to win. I mean, if Mayfield loses a fair and open competition with Kyle Trask, that says a hell of a lot more about Mayfield than it does about Trask. But I feel like they're balancing these two political realities where we can't hand it to Mayfield and we can't pull the plug on Trask. So we're going to do this competition indefinitely into training camp. Yeah, I, I think there is a little bit of that. You know, I think it's a real competition. You know, I think by just in, in lieu of what we, like we talked about at the time, Baker Mayfield's not making enough money to just go, oh, he's the starter. And then there is a second-round pick, like you said, invested in the other guy. Uh, so, yeah, do I think Baker Mayfield would have the edge? Certainly. But at the same time, I think we know there's going to be people in that organization that are also going to go, wait, we know what Baker Mayfield is already. Kyle Trask, there's, you know, there's some hope. You know, he might grow into something. We don't know exactly what he is. And, of course, he's going to have a faction of people in the building that like him already, and that's why he was picked as the number two pick there. So that's where I do think it's it's legit competition here. I do, and we'll see. You know, I, I'm with you in that I think Baker has more talent. I would expect him to win. But there's some things here at play with Kyle Trask. And, and also with Baker, we know this too, Mike, right? He's a gunslinger. He wants to throw the ball and make big-time throws. And I think Todd Bowles is looking at it like, wait, we threw the ball enough the last few years. I'd like to play some defense and run the ball and take care of the ball a little bit and play that way. And Baker's going to have to show that he can play that way and take care of the ball too. There may be another element of football politics that – influences my view yeah. on Mayfield more likely to win this than Kyle Trask. Think about the last couple of years. When have we ever heard, oh, man, they really love Trask. Oh, man. You're really right. There's not been a Trask. ton of buzz. Oh, man. Exactly. Oh, man. Right. Hey, if Tom, if Tom leaves, if Tom leaves, Bucks will be fine. Right. And maybe the political reality there is tiptoe around Tommy because ownership wanted to be damn sure that Brady stayed as long as they could get him to stay because they want asses in the seats and Brady was putting asses in the seats. So we're not going to have any leaks. We're not going to have any discussion. You know, maybe they secretly love Kyle Trask. Now, if they did, they wouldn't need a Baker Mayfield. But, you know, I, I can see why there weren't reports of how great Trask looks and how anxious they are to give him a chance and how if Tom doesn't come back, we'll be fine. We haven't heard a peep of that. So it's either something they don't believe or it's something that they believe and they're suppressing because they were tiptoeing around Tom Brady. I think there's reality to that. You know, there, there, there definitely is. We never, 
I'm a big believer in the buzz aspect. We're going to talk about some other quarterbacks here in a second, and I'm going to go, see, here's some buzz already about some of these guys, some rookies and whatever else, and you know, I think that holds true. You know what? I uh, here's my two recent buzz guys that I remember hearing in training camp. One was Josh Allen. Remember, Lashawn McCoy was like, "Oh my gosh, Josh Allen's going to be a star, right?" And he like came out and was like, "He's got a rifle and he's fast." And and then everybody on their team started saying that. Justin Herbert heard the same things, right? You know, so yeah, there's them, and then there's some other ones where we can get into Tua, and there was no buzz, nothing about it. And I do think there's some some merit to that and what guys are seeing and how much it's jumping out to them on that first eye test. Travis Kelsey on this program in the 2017 season. There is another one. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Right. Raving about it. Right. Right. To the point where when they were in an offensive slump that year, I was sitting here saying, why don't they pull Alex Smith and put in Patrick Mahomes? I mean, I mean, what I, I. who knows what he would have done? Who knows? If he played like he did in 2018, it shows up on the scene in November and they don't have a chance to react to him and figure him out, they could have had a pretty special season then too. They still got to the playoffs in 2017 without him playing. So I I go all the way back when I was in the very early days of being in this business and I started hearing buzz out of Dallas about this guy, Tony Romo. It's like, who the hell is Tony Romo? Undrafted. Sure. And the buzz was there. The right. buzz was there. Right. And and remember, when Sean Payton became the coach of the Saints, he tried to trade for Romo, who still hadn't played yet. Tried to trade for him. The Cowboys said, no, 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 no. So they knew they were eventually going to put Drew Bledsoe on the bench right. and put Tony Romo in, and he was going to be you know, what he was for the Cowboys. So you're, you're right. We've heard none of that with Trask. And I would assume that it isn't tiptoeing around Tom Brady because even if you try to do that, someone's going to say something at some point. That's right. Somebody who's not sensitive to those political realities is going to say, man, Kyle Trask can throw the ball. He can spin it, baby. Somebody would have said something by now. Bruce Arians would have said something by now. That's Think about that. Bruce Arians isn't going to measure his words for anybody. He hasn't said it. Has there ever been a time where, where we've heard from Bruce Arians how great Kyle Trask can be? The only thing outlandish i remember him saying over the past couple of years was that blaine gabbard, blaine gabbard right. is the most underrated player in the nfl right well so. because blaine gabbard was opening eyes people were like man tom brady's awesome blaine gabbard's like whoa look at him throw the ball it's it's you know yeah he was that so to your point there was some buzz that's why he brought him up you know guys on the team see it man every day this guy is a good athlete he throws strikes see you know he can spin it a little bit uh, i so i i think it's it, it's a, a real thing to, to what we're discussing there. And, and the players usually have a, a pretty good eye for what pops. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how they handle this whole situation. I will. You know, again, I, I certainly think Baker Mayfield is, is going to be the guy that's in the leader house when it's all said and done. Uh, but, you know, he's got to go out there, prove it. And, and Dave Canales, he's got a little bit of a history with this. He just dealt with this last year with Gino and Drew Locke. So he can certainly draw on that experience a little to help himself out here. My concern with it, though, the longer the competition lasts, the harder it is to prepare the winner for week one. And maybe the competition itself serves as preparation, but at some point I want my starter to be getting all the reps. I don't want to have to dilute my starter's reps by giving them to the person he's competing with. I want my starter to be fully prepared. And I don't know when you make that pivot if you're the Buccaneers, but but again, if this is about letting Baker Mayfield earn it and letting the other players realize he's, he's the better option. 
it shouldn't have to go all the way until the end of the preseason. No, I, I think that's fair. I think if it's you, – you, yeah, if Baker Mayfield does what we expect, I, I would think that, yes, there's something halfway through training camp we have a good feel or they're starting to tell us he's the starting quarterback. If it's really close, all right. Maybe it goes down to the last preseason game, the last week of training camp, like we saw with Geno and Drew Locke last year. It kind of went that way. We felt like Geno was in the leader house there. They didn't. They were going to give Drew Locke every opportunity and chance. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'll be definitely interested to see how long they let this play out. And now that you said leader house twice, I am compelled to remind anyone out there who will fill up my email inbox with the latest Simsism, you got to keep up. That's one Keep that up. embraced. That's an old one that he's decided to co-opt and turn into an actual term, leader house. And there are several like that, reading between the tea leaves. I get those. And that <laughs> you're, you're telling on yourself that you're a late arrival to the party because if you've been around, you would know. Leader house, reading between the tea leaves. I'm sure there are several others. Those Diamond in the haystack. There, that's one. Oh, God. Anytime you say that, email, email, email. Oh, new Simsism. Nope, nope, nope. Keep up. All right. Uh, let's uh, look at some of these other competitions, although I really don't think these other ones are as yeah, open. that's right. Let's unpack it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let's start with the Panthers. Andy Dalton versus Bryce Young. The moment that Frank Reich said they're going to split reps, but Bryce is going to end up getting more of them, that's when I knew it's going to be Bryce Young week one. I mean, I would expect it to be. I don't know if any of these are real competitions. I, I think this may be one where I look at and go, I, you know, if they want to be careful, maybe this is one where Andy Dalton at least starts the year. I can maybe look at it that way as they continue to, you know, formulate an offense around Bryce Young, but I'm like you with when it's, you know, it's really, he's the first pick, you know, it's, he's supposed to beat out Andy Dalton. And I would think they, he's supposed to have, you know, this great mind and ability to process. I would, I would expect him to be the starting quarterback week one too, Mike, I'm with you. And it reminds me of that graphic we had earlier with the NFC North champion odds and the Panthers at 30 to one. I kind of like that. Cause if Bryce Young is the guy, that they think he's going to be, they've already got the defense. Yeah. They could be one of those teams that just kind of puts it together and gets better as they go if Young is the guy they think he's going to be. And that that's where the politics come into play as well. You've got an owner who really wanted Bryce Young, apparently. Yeah. Um, I find it hard to think they're going to start the season with anyone other than Bryce Young. They need to prove they did the right thing by making Young the first overall pick. And if he doesn't start week one – you're already admitting that maybe you didn't pick the right guy because C.J. Stroud. Let's move on to that one. Yeah. C.J. Stroud versus Davis Mills. Texans. Come on. Again. Come on. I don't know how much of a competition this is. I think it's C.J. Stroud already. Right. If they were right. playing a game this exactly. weekend, it would exactly. be C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's one of these guys that's got a little buzz right now. You know, you read down, you look at some of the local headlines down there, and some of the things that's being said. He's impressing people, for sure, physically, and it sounds like his you know, hunger for the game and all that is impressing people as well. But I'm with you. you know, they know what Davis Mills is. C.J. Stroud is just a better version of Davis Mills. He's the same size with a better athlete, a way bigger arm. You know, and I, 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 from all due accounts, I'm with you. It sounds like if they had to play a game next week, he'd already be the starter. I don't think this one will even be close. This will be day one training camp, C.J. Stroud, preseason, take your lumps. We'll manage you. We're going to play defense and run the ball, but you're the starting quarterback and you're going to play football this year. I, I don't even think that'll be a, a question. Right. 
Right. Get him ready, get him ready, get him ready. Right. And, and you know, there, there was a, a clip that someone sent to me this weekend, and I didn't write anything about it. I don't want to make too big of a deal of it, but there was a practice session and there was a back and forth between head coach D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud about offensive and defensive coaches and what's their agenda. And it just reminded me of what Alex Smith said recently. You've got a young quarterback who's being developed with a defensive head coach. And um, all the more reason to use your full offensive staff capacity to get this guy ready. No splitting reps. No, 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 no. We got to focus all of our efforts on getting C.J. Stroud ready to go week one and beyond because we don't have that offensive head coach who can even help boost things on the fly. We got to have our plan, and we have to implement it from day one. And I don't know how, how aware they are of that, but it is a reality. You've got one less offensive brain in the building when you have a defensive head coach. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. But hopefully they'll realize as I'm coming from Shanahan and an offensive coach what you need to do to you know try to make a quarterback successful and and develop it and make the offense the right way and I think that's where hey this could work because D'Amico Ryan's I think for the most part he's going to handle defense and he's going to trust hey Bobby Slowick you got it on the other side and you handle the offense and every now and then I might just get in there and say hey run it or punt it or you know, you know throw the screen here or whatever else but I, I would think he's going to give him the keys to the car as far as develop this quarterback and do what you need to do to, to, to make this guy the, the guy we want him to be. In Indianapolis, it's Gardner Minshew versus Anthony Richardson. And remember a couple of years ago when Urban Meyer was the first-year coach of the Jaguars and actually tried to create a competition between Gardner Minshew and Trevor Lawrence and then gave Minshew away for a sixth-round pick, which tells you it was all baloney. Now, look, we both like Gardner Minshew, and I'm surprised he didn't get gobbled up to be a starter somewhere or at least given an opportunity to do it. They're all in with Anthony Richardson. They they see superstar potential in Anthony Richardson. He needs to play football, and they're going to design an offense that suits his strengths, covers up any weaknesses he has while he's kind of a work in progress. I, I This is another one, Chris, where you yeah. call it a competition, but but the, the Colts, and with Jim Ursay. Jim Irsay wants that new toy out there. I've been waiting for an answer at quarterback, and the answer is not Gardner Minshew. It's the guy we drafted fourth overall that we would have taken first overall if we had had the first overall pick. Yeah. this is. I don't think there's a situation where it's Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes this year. I don't think there's anything like that. You know, Like I said, I think the Andy Dalton one, I, that's the only one I could see where maybe he's the starter for a few weeks. Maybe Frank Reich and company, well, let's just get the team situated before we throw Bryce Young. And Andy Dalton's still a pretty damn good player. The rest of these guys, hey, good players, but, you know, backups. That's what they are. They're really good backups. And you said it, right? I mean, Richardson's the man physically. He's such the man physically that they can find ways to hide some of his faults as a player. And like we talked about in the draft process, right, Mike? You don't want to go down Trey Lanceville here. You don't want to go down there. Hasn't played a lot of football already. Now we're going to sit him on the bench to not play football more, to make it harder for when he has to jump out there and play football again. Uh, that's where it doesn't make sense. He's a guy you've got to plug and play right now, and I think they know that. And like you said, I think he's opening up eyes, and they're going to, they're going to make it happen. And the other difference, too, because you mentioned the Alex Smith-Patrick yeah. Holmes transition. Th th there's no equity for any of these veteran options right Minshew and Dalton weren't on their teams last That's year right 
They're not Davis playoff Mills teams. Has only been a one year starter. Yeah, right. this isn't this isn't we're gonna we're gonna do right by the incumbent because he's taken us to the playoffs multiple years and he's done everything we can ask of him. We're just making the strategic decision and the awareness and and just basic reality. He's taken us as far as he can. And if we want to be a Super Bowl team, we need somebody else. But we're still going to give him that one more year while we get our secret weapon ready to go. That's not the case in in any of these three cities. So I think it's going to be all three of them. I really do. I agree. And if it's the the fact that Stroud and Richardson are on track to start Week One makes it even more likely that if David Tepper needs to put a thumb on the scale for Bryce Young, I th- I think he will. And I of agree. course, well, they'll never say that. Oh, we don't make those decisions. Okay, sure you don't. Let's take a break. Uh, some of Chris's decisions as he works his way up to the number one quarterback in this year's top 40 countdown. we got a couple more to get to, and we'll do it next here on PFT Live. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Oh, quarterback list. Oh, here we go again. Just open me up for criticism, whatever. Oh, quarterback list. Who can I piss off this year? Who can I not piss off this year? Oh, quarterback list. You know, put it on the kitchen table. Have a rough draft there. Quarterback list. I leave it there like a puzzle almost. The R&B remix, I'm jamming, so they baby. say, yeah. of the Chris Sims quarterback countdown song. Uh, so we're, we're, God, we're more than halfway there. I know you're unveiling them on your podcast. Right. We're, we're playing catch ahead. up here because yeah. Yeah. we have, we have uh, surprisingly more news than usual this time of year, but we're up to number 17 and we are uh, at uh, a guy that I didn't think would even be employed by the Detroit Lions this year, but here we are. Jared Goff, the former Ram, now entering year three with the Lions. The hot potato contract is part of the Matt Stafford deal, but he has done well. He surprised a lot of people. It's the highest you've ever ranked him. He was 19 the summer of 2019 after the Rams reached the Super Bowl. Man, that's disrespect. After the year the Rams reached the Super Bowl, you only had them at 19. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of Lions fans get upset. Get upset. You know, they're drinking the, the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid 
about Jared Goff, I think you and I both recognize there are limitations there. He's got to be managed the right way. He's got to be directed the right way. That's right. If, if it works, it works. But right. there's always that looming chance it's going to fall apart. Yeah, well, I, I think you're saying it right. You know, last year, definitely his best season, right? Uh, that's what I would say. But there's limited upside. There's more talent than he gets credited for. He's not the guy that's going to carry the squad like you're talking about that way. Right, and we heard Ben Johnson last week. He made a comment. He said, "Yeah, there's we left a little meat left on the bone." Hey, Jared Goff played really good, you know. But yeah, this is still a big year for him. But here's why I give him credit, Mike. One, he's tough as hell. You know, he's one of a what I say. I always say a handful of guys in football who's big enough to throw over the line of scrimmage. Right. So when people are in his face and there's not a clear lane to throw, he's big enough. He can adjust his arm angle and get it up a little higher to go, wait, I can still throw the ball to the guy that's eight yards over the middle, even though I got two or three defensive tackles bearing down on me with their hands up. So I give him credit there. Then he's got an above average arm. That's the one thing. I mean, he's not afraid to throw the ball into some tight windows and be an aggressive decision maker. That's the one thing I, I like about Jared Goff. He certainly has changed his game in that aspect where he's not looking for the dink and dunk or let me find the easy five-yard completion. His frame, of, his, his, you know, frame of mind, his thinking there has changed, and he is more aggressive in pushing the ball down the field, and that's where you know, I do love the positives about golf. But, you know, you do wonder, and yeah. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, said that last week about leaving meat on the bone. They have higher expectations. And when you look at the things he said, yeah. right, who's the one most likely to be the subject of that criticism? The guy distributing the football. Leaving meat on the bone isn't, no. oh, the running back tripped and fell seven yards into his, exactly into his effort. Right. It's, we should have thrown it to this guy instead. Yeah, you threw it to that guy, and he gained 15 in a first down. If you had thrown it to that guy, it would have been 70 and a touchdown. Yes. I, I think there's some of that. I think there's, wait, this guy was wide open and, you know, we missed the throw or didn't throw it accurate and he had to, you know, go down to the ground and catch it or whatever else there. That's where, you know, again, I got a lot of respect for Jared Goff and what he's doing. And he has changed the way he's playing the position a little bit. But I also would argue with like the Lions fans who think he should be higher than this. I go, you know, the game is really set up in a way where he's got a ton of talent around him. They have a bad defense. So there's always a green light to just be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And they didn't have a bullseye on their back. This this is where it'll change this year. You know, teams are going to take note of them a little bit. They're going to have a feel for how Ben Johnson calls the game and defending them. And they're not going to sneak up on people the same way. And that's where there's going to be a little bit more of a bullseye on him. He's a below-average athlete, as we know. For this day and age, you know, he can't really run or extend plays at all. I wish he would do it more, right? I think there's more that he can do in that department, even though he's not going to be great out of it. He's not a, you know, throw sidearm, do all that stuff very much. He's not great off his back foot, okay? But never a distraction. That's one thing you could say about Jared Goff. And he's tough. He leads the team, and he plays a style of football that I think they want to play, which is, like I said, an aggressive stand in there and make some throws into some tight windows. And he had a really damn good year last year in Jared Goff. On Friday, while you were in your hammock, Miles Simmons and I talked about Josh McDaniels, the Raiders coach, saying he has no anxiety about Jimmy Garoppolo's situation. So we did a draft of coaches who should have anxiety about their quarterback situation. And one of the guys I picked was Dan Campbell. Just because can we really will Jared Goff to the yeah. next level with all this pressure, with all these expectations? 
Can we get him to be more than we expected him to be when we traded for him? Because I guarantee you when they traded for him, they looked at it as we're taking on the contract. We're getting a first round pick. We'll tread water for a couple of years and then we'll have our answer. And their answer unexpectedly to many is let's just keep Jared Goff. It's a reasonable contract the next couple of years. Let's see what he does this year. So what's more likely? Goff is playing in the divisional round this year with the Lions or the Lions are looking for his replacement, possibly a guy they already have in Hendon Hooker, come next year. Man, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to – I think I'm going to err on the, the divisional round. I think that's where I'm going to go. I just, I guess I have too much belief in the team, and I do think Jared Goff has turned the corner uh, from his McVay days of – everything being served on a silver platter where he's gotten a little mentally tougher and like something we've talked about before too, Mike, and like knowing like, wait, wait. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to throw to the wide open guy, but sometimes the open guy in the NFL, he's open by eight inches and you got to throw it in there. You know, it can't always be Ben Johnson or McVay just dialing up some play where it's like, Oh, here he is. Nobody's in the screen. Just hit him. And I think he's, he's, you know, adjusted his gauge as far as what's open and what he needs to stand there and throw, and and that's where I'll I'll have some confidence in him, and I, I'm gonna bet the divisional round if you make me take one of those two. I'm gonna go the other way. All right, and I understand it's a great story. The Lions have been downtrodden for yeah. so long, but they're self-inflicted wounds. They have been one of the most dysfunctional franchises in all of sports for 60 years, and I know that it's changed now that Sheila Ford Hamp has taken over as owner and Chris Spielman kind of quietly behind the scenes, helping craft the kind of team that, that he would have been proud to be on in his image, in his likeness with that grit, with that toughness, Dan Campbell, the perfect hire for that. I just feel like there's still something the the gambling suspensions, it speaks to a flaw somewhere in the organization. I had someone tell me, recently and it makes a ton of sense if you got a bunch of students getting f's on the report card at a certain point the teacher is to blame and 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 this 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 failure to read the riot act to four guys who violated the gambling policy the failure to get their attention to get them to understand you can't play football if you break this rule there's it just tells me there's there's short circuits in the broader structure that are still there just because they, they had a crap start last year, they got hot down the stretch, that doesn't erase all of the issues in that organization. Yeah, I hear and you. And the, the gambling suspensions are a, are a manifestation that there's still something that's not right. And I know it's not a popular take because everybody everybody's all drunk on the Lions now. But that's something to keep an eye on, Chris. Yeah, I hear you. There's, they haven't resolved decades of dysfunction in one year, in Half of one year, which is all we've really seen from them that's been different from what we're used to. No, they look like they're going in the right direction. I think that's what we're all pleased with, and it looks like there's some real possibility for them to be something. But I'm, I'm with you in the fact that I got to see it to believe it, too. You know, I'm hopeful, but yes, it's a different type of pressure they're going to be dealing with this year, and, and I'm not so sure they can answer the bell the way we all think they can either. And yeah, I got to see it a little bit. All right, number 16, a little surprising because the sense is he's on the decline and he is dropping, but he only dropped by one spot this year, from 15 down to 16. Titans quarterback, who seems to be in his final year, he's far closer to Alex Smith than any of the other veteran quarterbacks with a rookie behind him, with Tannehill, 
Will Levis. But for now, Tannehill, good enough to be right in the dead center of all starting quarterbacks at 16. Why do you have him there? He's still really good. I mean, the one, you know, you look at the Tennessee Titans, the thing I'd say right off the bat is Ryan Tannehill ain't the problem with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, you know, you get down to the list of the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill doesn't come up to a long, long time down that list. He's one of the most consistent passers in the NFL. Rarely do I come away coming from a, watching a game on film of the Tennessee Titans going, oh, man, Tannehill and a lot of bad decisions. Oh, Tannehill missed, he missed a lot of wide open receivers and just couldn't throw the ball accurate. No way. That's where he's, he's special in that department. He maximizes what they do on the offense. It's not sexy, Mike. He doesn't have a sexy personality, so he's kind of always that guy. You know, he's not a superstar either. So he's the kind of guy sometimes that, you know, everybody looks for, ooh, I think we can do better. And I want to be like, well, all right, well, be careful with that. You know, because all I know is, you know, again, this is where I'm here to do this. Hey, the support system around him last year was, was not good. I mean, come on. Most people can't even name a receiver on the Tennessee Titans football team. Let me ask people this. If you don't think Ryan Tannehill is good, how, how'd they look without him last year? I would ask people that. Oh, that's right. They couldn't even get first downs. They couldn't even throw the ball. They couldn't even do anything offensively. So that's where I respect him. He's a very good athlete. He's a better athlete than he shows. He needs to run more. He's too much of a statue in the pocket at times. He does not have a lot of variety of releases and all that, Mike but he doesn't need a lot of room to throw in the pocket. And, man, he's a bullseye thrower. I mean, he hits the bullseye a lot, and that's where I uh, I really like Ryan Tannehill's game. Part of the problem is durability or lack thereof. Sure. He gets injured too often. Yeah. He's carried that around most of his career. At a time when the rules are stacked more than ever in the direction of keeping quarterbacks healthy, he and, and, and Jimmy Garoppolo are the first two who come to mind. Although yeah. Garoppolo is right. the king of that mountain. But Tannehill's in that conversation as well. And to the extent that that Will Levis has an opportunity this year, Chris, it's going to be, I think, because Tannehill's been injured, not because he's ineffective. And it Agreed. still seems like he's trying to get over that that the Bengals interception right? Right. meltdown against the right. Bengals in right. the divisional round of twenty twenty one. Yeah, that that that's exactly right. You know, and, and if there's a problem to his game, like that first interception he threw in that game, he throws to Jesse Bates. At times he's such a believer in his ability to, you know, ooh, this guy's still tightly covered. It's my first read, but I can put the ball on the money. He can stare at a guy every now and then, and that's what'll lead to that interception. But you can you can win with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, again, I know they lost that game, but they were the number one seed. Right? The, you know, they were in the AFC Championship game and up 17-7 in Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. So he's not going to be the superstar. He's not a top-five guy. But if you have the right team and formula around him, Ryan Tannehill can lead you to the promised land, and he ain't going to leave plays out there. That's for sure. But don't expect him to go, oh, wait, we're hurt, and oh, this receiver's hurt. I'm going to carry the team and throw lasers all over the field and run around like Mahomes or Allen. That's not going to happen. Two more quarterbacks from the top 40 quarterback countdown who are connected. We'll tell you who they are when PFT Live continues right after this. Third down and four. Wilson to the end zone, and it's intercepted. I mean, this is one of those, you got to be kidding me. Geno steps up in the pocket, going to let it fly, down the middle, gun locking, touchdown, Seahawks, are you kidding me, holy catfish, what a perfect throw, 
great season in Seattle was made even better by the fact that Russell Wilson was so bad in Denver. And trust me, the Seattle crowd, very big into the Russell Wilson schadenfreude. <laughs> However, and this is surprising to me. Okay. I wasn't aware of this. Here we go. Play the graphic. At number 15 on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown is not Russell Wilson. It's Geno Smith. That's it's right. It's Geno Smith, which means that Russell Wilson must be higher, and he is higher yes. by one spot. Right. He comes in at number 14. Let's ride. Let's ride. All right, let's David. explain. Yeah. Well, wait, Mike. How? Mike, How? Well, I don't just go on one year. This is not about just last year, right? Last year's a big part piece of the puzzle. Geno clearly had the better year last year. We know that. But I can't erase the 10 years before that where Russell was better. I can't do that, you know. So that that's where that comes into. And, you know, I'll, I'll dissect one by one here. You want me to start with Geno first? Here's, yeah. Well, start with Geno. Okay. Well, with Geno, hey, I think the, the, the biggest thing with Geno is, I mean, the guy's physical tools are elite. They are. His arm strength and pocket movement, they wow me on film. You know, my only hesitation is just go, okay, it's one season. I'd like to see it again before I, you know, start putting you above guys like Russell Wilson and company. But like the highlights we showed, you know, coming in coming in off the break. I mean, he's off the ground. He's throwing a 40-yard post down the middle on the money. Look at these throws. I mean, none of these are like, oh, dink and dunk. I'm throwing a screen pass or a four-yard slant, and the guy's running 70. They're going, hey, you know, put that ball and hit the bullseye 50 yards down the field. Post route, out route. I mean, it just it's one high-level throw after another. He is a very good athlete. He's a better scrambler and off-schedule player than you realize when you start to watch it back and break it down. And then you also realize, Mike, you know, they weren't very good at pass protecting, and he's still – did the right thing, took care of the ball, made a ton of throws off his back foot and flicking the ball and all of that. It was a tremendous year by Geno Smith. He played great. But, yeah, I can't put him in front of Russell Wilson just off of one year, and there's some circumstances around Russell Wilson that i got to be sensitive to there as well. But Geno was awesome and clearly a big-time starter in the NFL. Smith keeps his offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, loses his quarterback's coach, Dave Canales, who's the new offense coordinator in Tampa, but there is some continuity there, and he got the contract. They're expecting him to continue to play like he did last year, and I assume if he does, he'll end up higher in next year's ratings. Now, Russ, and what was Russ last year? He, he was always uh, – the first time he's been lower than number seven, I remember him being as high as number three. He's now number 14. I, I glean from your placement of him at 14 that you don't expect him to be as bad this year as he was last year. No, I don't. I would be shocked if he's not better. I'll say this, coming back and watching Russell Wilson, right, he looked lost last year. It was kind of shocking at times. But the one thing I, too, watching it all back, Mike, and studying it is going, man, the situation was tougher maybe than I even gave it credit for last year. I think other than Matthew Stafford, all right, out of the quarterbacks in the top 25, he had the worst pass protection. He had no run game. He had a first-time head coach who was feeling his way there. The pressure of the new contract, all of that. He didn't play great. We know that. But the one thing I'll say about Russell Wilson, you know, he, is he the superstar who can carry a game like we've seen before? I don't know if he can do that anymore. But his arm is still explosive. That's the when I turn back on the film and watch it and watch him next to some of these guys who are next to him in the rankings, I go, damn, his arm, the ball still flies off of it. 
I mean, he can make game-changing throws. And even though he's lost a step, see, this is where I love doing the exercise too. Even though he's lost a step in what Russell Wilson used to be, Mike, I watch him next to these other guys and go, well, (laughs) he's still a much better runner than a lot of these guys we've talked about and does still some really magical things. Got more releases than you think and all that. Sean Payton will get him back. Can't erase 10 years of Hall of Famish type career just because of one year in a really tough situation. And that's where I think Russell Wilson will get back on track. It's the ultimate pressure cooker. He's either going to be the guy he was or it's on him and he's gone after this year. There's a big guarantee that kicks in next year. This is up or out for Russell Wilson in Denver. And Peyton wins either way. He either has a quarterback who he can ride into the future or he has a clean slate and he can go find someone else. All right, uh, let's take a break. More PFT Live right after this. Let's ride. Norma Hunt, the wife of Chiefs founder Lamar Hunt, passed on Sunday at the age of 85. The Chiefs announced it on Sunday evening. And uh, uh, a story that not many football fans understand, her role in the rise of the Chiefs and in serving basically as the matriarch of the entire NFL. The only woman to attend Every Super Bowl, starting with Chiefs Packers back before they even called it the Super Bowl. It was Lamar who coined the phrase Super Bowl at some point after the first Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes with a nice tribute to Norma Hunt on Twitter. Um, just just uh, She stayed in the background, but was still a major presence for the Kansas City Chiefs and for the National Football League. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I never got the pleasure to meet in you know, a Norma Hunt. I never did. I saw her, you know, from a distance a few times in my life. Um, but like to me, when, you know, you talk about Norma Hunts, uh, that that kind of person, that, that's like that's football hierarchy, hierarchy, royalty, you know, people who lay down the and are a huge part of the foundation of why this sport is what it is. And the Chiefs, of course, you know, are one of those organizations, and especially now, that's special. They've always been special. They've always had a great culture and fan base, and it's felt like a very close community there in Kansas City, even when they weren't winning Super Bowls. And I think that's because of Norma Hunt and the Hunt family. And now, of course, they're really special, and we all want to jump on the bandwagon. But, yeah, uh, she'll be missed, and uh, condolences go out to the Hunt family. The Chiefs had been scheduled to attend the White House today to commemorate their Super Bowl victory. There hasn't been any word on whether or not they're going to proceed with that or reschedule it. But um, obviously the plans may change given the passing of Norma Hunt on Sunday. And as Chris said, condolences to the Hunt family and to the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. I'm glad I had Aaron here for the first year because uh, he's pretty much taught me, pretty much taught me a lot. You know, barely speaking to me, um, and that don't I don't mean that anyway. I don't mean that no other way. But you know, he's definitely taught me a lot, and I make sure I shout him out every time. You know, he's being asked, but you know, for the players and whatnot. But 
Um, every, everything is pretty good, you know. I mean, I'm glad, you know, I know this is Jordan's first year. Um, I'm glad I have Jordan. I've played against Jordan. I've gotten reps with him. So I feel like things will be pretty good moving forward. You can sense the change in the demeanor as Romeo Dobbs goes from tiptoeing around the delicate genius that was Aaron Rodgers and still is to talking about Jordan Love. There's a freedom. You can see it in his entire appearance as he pivoted from Rodgers to Love. I don't know. Did you see it? I saw it. Yeah, well, I, I saw somebody that was definitely a little scared, I think, in general uh, to talk about Rodgers a little. It felt like he didn't he didn't know what to spit out there. And, and then... You know, I did find it curious. Like, he had learned a lot from him, even though he barely talked to me. I, you know, I don't know if that was intended or not, but that was a pretty strong comment. Um, I'm sure for guys like them, hey, Rodgers, where he was at his career, everything that was going on, it was, I'm sure, a little bit of a weird year, and they never had a quarterback situation quite like that. Dobbs also has said recently, and this is via Spectrum News 1, I think Jordan is a really good quarterback. When you go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan, Aaron was a really great quarterback, but I believe Jordan can do the same exact thing. So I really don't see what's the big difference. Woo boy. Wasn't careful about what he said then. Aaron's going to Aaron's gonna see that and uh, may have a little reaction. So uh, it creates a high bar for Jordan Love. That's today's draft. The unproven quarterbacks with the highest expectations for 2023. Chris, who do you have? Man, there's some good ones here. I think I'm going to start with Brock Purdy, though. Uh, I know he's still injured right now, but I, I, you know, Brock Purdy to me is he's still unproven. I don't think we we can say, oh yeah, he's solidified. He's the guy. They got their guy of the future. I think we're hopeful. We see some things there, but for my money, he's still unproven. And yeah. I think everybody now with what the way the season ended and the bar he said, we all expect him to come in and, hey, be one of the top-rated quarterbacks in football, and they should be the number one seed or the number two seed. And I just don't think it's going to be that easy, especially coming off an injury. So that's where I think, you know, there's a lot of expectations on Brock Purdy, you know, from the get-go when he gets back healthy. I don't know what qualifies as unproven. Yeah. That's a word that I think reasonable minds could differ on what it means. But I'll go with the ultimate unproven, a guy who's never played in the NFL and was the first quarterback taken in the draft despite lack of height, lack of weight, Bryce Young. The Panthers go all in. They trade up, which only increases the expectations. They trade up to have the pick of anyone they want, and they take Bryce Young. That puts the highest expectations possible on an unproven quarterback. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot there. And then I think when you you know couple in like what we talked about, some buzz in Indianapolis about the freak freakness of Anthony Richardson and what you hear about C.J. Stroud, that puts a little more pressure on the Bryce Young situation with all that you said there. So I hear that. Good pick by you. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to go to Mac Jones next. You know, I, you know, again, I you, like that's where we can. How's he unproven, though? That's the thing. Well, I that's mean, he's where, got, he made it to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Well, that's is where I, 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 I don't I don't know. I mean, it is it, he's he's, un, he's he's unproven enough that the, the, the New England Patriot fan base wanted to throw him off the team in week four last year. So and they still do. So I think that's where I come to it. I mean, yeah, I for me, I'm kind of with you. He's proven to me he's a starting quarterback in football. But the perception is that Bailey Zappi came in, even though we ran the ball for 900 yards and he threw to wide open people, that there's some sort of competition there. So I, like, I'm with you, Mike, and I think people who really pay attention to the sport would go, wait, he's proven already. 
but I think the general public perception out there is that he has not solidified himself as the next guy after Tom Brady quite yet, and that's why I'm going to take him. The perception that there's a competition comes from the things that Bill Belichick has said and not said when asked about sure. the situation. Sure. It's not just fans making it up. He's had a chance to say Max the guy, and to date he hasn't said it. I'll go Desmond Ritter, the Falcons quarterback. There's a ton of – now, look, I don't, externally I think people just kind of look at the Falcons and say, who knows. But when you add B. John Robinson to the mix and you've got these other great skill position players on offense, it does – raise the bar internally for Desmond Ritter because he's the next one to be replaced if he doesn't get the most out of all these guys. Because by next year, and think about it, any quarterbacks out there that have options, they're going to be looking at the Falcons. I got all these great skill position players. Hell yeah, I'll go play for the Falcons. Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, it's, it's an, it's an interesting, I mean, he's on my list as well. You know, he's unproven. I, the only reason I didn't take it, I just was like, did, how much do people expect from him? But I think we all expect the team to be good, and that's where you know that that goes back to him a little bit and how he plays there. So that'll be it'll be interesting, you know. Them, uh, th- that's where I like I I don't know where to go next here because I like I think about Sam Howell, but I also am like I don't know if the expectations are that high there. I think that's why I'm just going to go with Jordan Love here. I'm going to go with Jordan Love, even though nobody's expecting MVP level type of stuff. Right, I still think there's a ton of pressure on a guy that's that's unproven, and it's yeah, he's the replacement of God King Aaron Rodgers, who was the greatest player in the history of that organization, and now he was of course part of the whole kerfuffle and drama of this whole thing the last few years. So that's where I'll go with Jordan Love. Yeah, I'll, that's the thing. Expectations. We don't expect anything out of Sam Howell, or do we? I don't know, but there's a ton of pressure on the organization to get this right with Sam Howell because if Sam Howell is anything other than a major difference maker that gets new owner Josh Harris to say, hmm, whoever picked that guy knows what they're doing. Maybe (laughs) Maybe I should keep these people employed now that I own the team. That's where Sam Howell has higher expectations, and he is, but for one game last year, unproven. So yeah. I'll go with Sam Howell there. I, I mean, the I, enemy I and the like, talent around I mean, him make them more expectations too. I think. Yeah, you know, there's just I I had a hard time. Like, is Kenny Pickett unproven? Right. He started most of last I know, year. I know. Uh, Tua is he unproven? Yeah, Tua He's and Trevor were on my list. I I think we could have had a segment of discussing who is actually proven and unproven, and then done the draft. We could have done that. But I, I'm with you because I we're wrote down Pete, Tua. We're helping Pete do his I job wrote for Trevor. Tomorrow. You know, I wrote some of those down. Justin though. Fields. Yeah, sure. Exactly right. That's a, there, There's some there that, you know, yeah, I think we have to figure out the baseline of what's proven and unproven. All right. Quick break. More PFT Live right after this. Today, I'm launching our first program of the charity, which is the Chasing Them CPR Tour. Working with the American Heart Association and other partners, we will be holding events like this in cities like Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and a few other cities across the country. The tour will include CPR training, and the Chasing Them Foundation will be giving AEDs to sports and community groups for kids to be safe while they are chasing their dreams. I promise this is just the beginning. 
Uh, I'm blessed to still be here with everyone and still be able to tell my story and be able to uh, impact people all over the country and change lives for, for everyone, you know, all over. So thank you. Tomorrow, Allen from Saturday in Buffalo, the start of his CPR tour. He's going to go to Cincinnati. He's going to go to Pittsburgh. He's going to go to other places. He will save lives. His experience has already saved lives. Awareness of where's the AED, Raheem Morris saving a life recently. Where's the AED when a child was drowning in a pool? People are aware of that now, and they're going to be more aware, Chris, thanks to the efforts of DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, no, right. It's like it's one of those un, unintended consequences of one of the worst things we ever saw in a football field, and it's got a positive outcome here for sure. And DeMar Hamlin's just been a, a beacon of hope and just a, just got a great way about him where uh, you know I can, not, can only wish the best for him and what he's doing. Where's the AED? He's getting more AEDs at you sporting events and everywhere else where they may be needed. Great stuff. Thanks for some of your time. See you tomorrow. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.